This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Rita Jablonski, and this is episode 58, What People with Dementia and FTD Want You to Know, also known as the original 10 commandments of dementia and FTD care. I'm lucky to have cared for people living with dementia throughout my career. I often try to put myself in their place when figuring out behaviors. In 2018, I wrote a blog called The Ten Commandments of Dementia Care, What People Living with Dementia Want You to Know. As I reviewed the old Ten Commandment blog in 2021, while writing my Make Dementia Your Bitch book, I realized that caregivers have enough to deal with without somebody giving them more rules. Nobody needs more rules. I also realized that these 10 sections reflected my personal care philosophy, which has been informed by my own research, education, personal experiences as a caregiver, and clinical experiences in various places of care, hospitals, ERs, and for the past almost 10 years in a neurology clinic. I now prefer to think of the original Ten Commandments as more of statements, as a framework or model for approaches to dementia caregiving that respects the personhood of the person living with dementia. Plus, many caregivers do not follow a Judeo-Christian spiritual path, and I am designing this podcast to be inclusive. The following framework will help you shape your approach to dementia caregiving. So the first principle, I am still me. I have a brain disease. The disease doesn't have me. I have some memory problems, so I repeat myself a lot. I forget things like shutting the door or what year it is. Actually, I don't care what year it is. Not sure if that is me or the disease. I can no longer drive. I can drive, and I think my driving is just fine, but everyone else constantly fusses at me about driving. See, this disease has robbed me of my ability to grasp and understand my own weaknesses while accurately realizing my strengths. I may forget parts of my life, but I will never forget that I am an adult deserving dignity. Neither should you. My memories may go, my personality may show some new behavior. As I lose more neurons and my brain changes even more, I may be less able to handle new situations. I'm not trying to be mean or angry. I'm trying to figure out the strange new world that I find myself in. No matter what happens, please never forget that I am still here, but it may be harder to find me as the dementia progresses. 
The second principle is treat me like an adult. The disease can rob me of my words. I may either speak slowly and with difficulty or fast and easily, but either way, my words may not make sense. I may say cat when I'm on the couch or truck when I want to say fork. The connections between my mind and my mouth are fraying and breaking down. Please, do not correct me or laugh at me. If you pay attention, you may see patterns and learn my new communication style. As you use simpler words and sentences, you may feel like you are talking to a child. Plus, my behavior may appear more childlike as I need help with getting dressed and ask the same question over and over. Please, never treat me like a child. No baby talk. I may forget many things, but I will never forget that I am an adult. If you forget and start treating me like a child, I may react in anger because I feel like you are dismissing me. Number three, come into my world. I can't function in yours. This means that I can't remember what happened five minutes ago, but I can remember something from 50 years ago. This may seem weird to you. You may be thinking, if he can remember something from years ago, there is nothing wrong with his memory. But that is what is happening. I'm losing my recent memories, but at the same time, it is easier for me to get to memories from long ago. This bizarre situation means that I am losing the meaning of time. What is five minutes to you feels like days to me. Whatever the situation, please don't argue with me. I don't understand why you are angry and I feel terrible for hours afterwards. You know that I've asked the same exact question five times in the last four minutes, but I don't know this. How would you feel if you asked someone a question and they lashed out at you and said, I just answered you, but you don't remember asking the question? Wouldn't you be confused? Number four, actions are better than words. No big explanations. A gentle touch or hug and a warm smile goes a long way. As my dementia worsens, I no longer understand the meanings of many words. I'm not going deaf. I just can't link up the sounds to the words in my brain because I'm losing these words every day. This is why I better understand what you want me to do when you add in gestures and pantomime. You may feel silly, but this is helpful to me. Because I'm losing my words, I am paying more attention to your facial expressions and your body language. If you feel angry or frustrated, it may come through your facial expressions and body language. I feel your emotions, and I become scared or upset. I may try to leave the area 
or I may become uncooperative because I am feeling frightened or upset by your facial expressions and body language. Number five, give me a daily consistent schedule. Consistent schedules tap the memories that I have and strengthen the parts of the brain that are still working. I feel better with schedules, even if I cannot remember them. We use schedules to create memories and habits in young children. Schedules preserve memories and habits in people living with dementia. You may have to get creative with me if I begin to resist or tell you I don't want to do something. Sometimes I tell you that I don't want to bath or shower because I honestly cannot figure out how to give myself a bath or shower. Rather than deal with something so complicated, I simply tell you no. Please persevere and enter my reality to help me stay on a daily, consistent schedule. Number six, give me nature. I need fresh air and sunshine. Please make sure I get out every day, even if it is only on a porch or patio or near a big bay window where I can watch the birds. If I loved dogs or cats, please bring them to me or me to them. I miss petting my dog and playing with my cat. I may even ask you where they are because I have forgotten that they have passed away. It's okay to tell me that my dog or cat is no longer here, that they have passed away, but please tell me that I took excellent care of them and that they left this earth peacefully in their sleep. I just want to know that my furry loved ones are okay. Number seven, give me pleasurable activities. I may forget that you took me out to lunch or we went fishing, but the pleasurable feelings and emotions that came from that experience will last for hours, even if I forget the situation. Please continue to take me to places that I always loved. Please simplify activities that I love to do so that I can still get enjoyment from these activities. If I love to garden, make me a tub garden on the patio or bring in potted plants for an indoor herb garden. I may no longer be able to water the plants, but I can mist them. If I seem confused, you can use the chaining approach. This is where you start the activity and turn it over to me. Maybe you place the mist sprayer in my hand and squeeze my hand over the nozzle a couple of times, and then I start to do it. Maybe you can place a colored pencil in my hand and show me how to start the coloring process, and then I take over. Even though I can't do what I used to do, I still derive pleasure from those activities, and I'm grateful if you can modify the activities to meet where I am today. Okay, everybody, I'm going to take a quick break and grab some water. 
I'll be back in about a minute. Okay, I'm back, and so is Gandalf. He has decided during the break to come on over and sit on my desk, and he may start to meow, and you'll probably hear him, but for the moment, he's laying on top of my headphones, curled up, and taking a little nap. Okay, let's get back to the principles or the framework. Number seven, give me social interaction on my terms. I can't handle large gatherings, but I can visit with a couple of people, especially if they are following principle number three, if they are adjusting their behavior and coming into my world. I know you are doing so much caring for me, but if you can give my visitors some basic dementia ground rules, they will feel more comfortable and we can all enjoy the visit. I may forget that the grandkids came to visit, but the pleasurable feelings and emotions from that visit will persist hours after the grandkids have gone home. Another important piece of social interaction is that if I am visiting with other people, you are getting a break from me. You need that break to stay healthy and balanced. Principle number nine, keep me safe. That means giving me the freedom that I need without prematurely taking things away. I know that driving may be tricky earlier in my disease. I may want to drive my truck around the family property, and today I can do that. You may be afraid that one day I'll forget that I can only stay on the property and that I'll take my truck onto the highway. This is a difficult balance. Maybe you can sit in the truck once or twice a week to see how I'm doing. As my dementia gets worse, I still need to move about my home as much as possible without falling or getting hurt. You may need to be creative, like hanging pictures of a bookshelf over a door to keep me from leaving, or installing monitoring systems to watch me so that I can stay in my home as long as possible. If realistic, it is better for you to move in with me versus me leaving my home to move in with you. This may not be realistic, so please be patient with me as I try to address, adjust. Keep telling me that you love me and care for me, even if I respond in a cranky or rude manner. My fear is what is causing my yucky behavior. I am scared of having to move in with someone else and feeling like a guest instead of feeling secure in my own home. I may not be able to tell you this, but my fear is real to me. And number 10, keep me healthy. Help me to eat good foods to stay as healthy as possible and help me to avoid infections. I know that I may not be very cooperative and may tell you I'm not thirsty or hungry. Better. It may not seem like it, but I appreciate your care. Thank you for telling me to drink more water and giving me fruits like watermelon and cantaloupe. Thank you for making sure I'm avoiding foods that make my blood pressure or diabetes worse. 
Thank you for cutting up the meat for me so that I don't struggle. Thank you for giving me good quality finger food when I can no longer figure out how to handle a knife, fork, or spoon. My inspiration for this next section came from three wonderful people who have been diagnosed with behavioral variant frontotemporal dementia. Their families were struggling with the behaviors and worse, with judgmental attitudes from their communities. All three of the individuals with dementia had some level of awareness of how differently they were treated when out in the community. At the time of this podcast, all have long passed. Their words, though, still echo in my thoughts, and I share them here to let you know what a person living with FTD may want you to know. And the first is, FTD makes me forgetful, not stupid. I am very aware of how differently I am treated, like I have this horrible, contagious disease. Yes, the disease sucks, but what sucks more is being shunned. My disease has destroyed the parts of my brain that, in the past, put breaks on my words and actions. And don't judge. Every one of you has had that moment where you blurted out something that was better left unsaid. Some of you may not have my disease, but your breaks seem a little light. Anyone who has ever blurted something out without thinking has done what I am doing with my disease, although I'm doing it on a much grander scale. The second thing a person with FTD may want you to know is to be patient and forgiving with my behavior. If a person driving a truck that suddenly lost its brakes and was involved in an accident, would you blame the driver? No? So don't pass judgment on me or my caregiver. We used to go out a lot with friends and do things. Not anymore. My poor spouse, who is completely alone caring for me, is afraid to take me anywhere because of how you will react if I say or do something odd. I want to come to church. I would love to eat out with friends. I miss visits from my family, but honestly, I think they are afraid that they are going to get this disease because our mother and grandfather had it, so they avoid me to pretend it doesn't exist. I think my spouse would be more likely to take me places if everyone was more understanding. The third thing a person with FTD may want you to know is to reach out to us without fear. If you say something and I become upset, change the topic. I'll probably forget what you said anyway. The nice part about this disease is that it is full of second and third and fourth chances. If you're not sure what to say, try some of these. Hi, how are you? Glad to see you. That's a nice shirt or tie or dress. I've missed you. I'm happy to see you. And the fourth thing is, when offering to help, Please be specific and follow through. I think many of you really do want to help us. My spouse is a bit proud and does not want to bother anyone. Not me. I'll come right out and say it. Here are some ideas. How about I visit with your loved one while you go food shopping? 
let's figure out a day and time this week. Or I'm making lasagna on Wednesday. I can bring some over and we can have dinner together. Would that work? Or the gang wants to help out. How about this Friday? The girls take you out while the guys visit. And the fifth thing is to understand my limits and be kind. Part of my brain is not working, so the rest of it has to work even harder. It's like working a shift where half of my coworkers are out with COVID. The rest of us have to work twice as hard, so we are exhausted at the end of the day. Big, noisy crowds and too many people talking at once exhaust me and I get cranky. If you happen to see me in a large gathering, please sit with me somewhere toward the fringes. This way, I can enjoy the experience without being overwhelmed. Likewise, if my behavior is interfering with others' enjoyment, gently and kindly taking me to a quieter place preserves my dignity too. Number six. No matter how many times I tell the same joke or repeat the same sentence, please act as if you are hearing it for the first time. Number seven, please forgive and understand my relaxed physical boundaries. My grasp of socially acceptable behavior is very loose. I may hug you after meeting you for the first time, or I may start to talk with your child in the grocery store. I do not mean any harm or disrespect. The part of me that desires connection is stronger than the part of me that knows restraint. If I am making you uncomfortable, please simply step back and let my caregiver know in a kind and gentle way, sorry, I'm not a hugger, or sorry, my kid is really shy. And last, be my guardian angel. Now that I have a brain disease, please look out for me. I may start to walk over to the bathroom and get lost and start to cry. Newcomers to our community may gossip about my behavior. Please be my strength and my rock. For whosoever did this for the least of my flock, they did it for me. The original text for this podcast can be found in my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch. If you are caring for someone living with dementia whose behavior is difficult for you to understand and even more difficult for you to handle, my book is for you. I even have several chapters devoted to behavioral, varial, behavioral variant FDD, which is ignored or just glossed over by a lot of the dementia books. Unlike many of the books out there, my book is focused on the behaviors, what causes them, and how to prevent and manage them. On Monday, September 5th at 6 p.m. Central, I will be hosting my free virtual dementia education and support session. Links are in the show notes. I also have a few more slots for private dementia behavior coaching. I'm offering the 90 days of support which is 12 one-hour sessions with Voxer access in between the sessions for questions and help. The goal of this program is to transform the caregiving experience from overwhelming and exhausting to manageable and fulfilling. If you think that's something you may be interested in, reach out, email me, and I'll set up a time where we can talk briefly 
and see if we would work well together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And together, let's go out and make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.